1 Corinthians 15:57. Let me give you this, this, this one nugget that's going to bless you. As I was praying and just meditating over our lesson for this week, um, the Lord began to deal with me. And this is, what I, this is what I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me. He said, tell them, don't spend forever celebrating wins. Don't spend forever celebrating wins. Give yourself a time limit, maybe 30 days or even shorter to enjoy a win. And then move on to the next win. A lot of us, the reason why we have a hard time consistently winning, consistently seeing victories, consistently going from faith to faith and glory to glory, is because we spend a whole year thanking God, praising God, and celebrating the last win we got. We spend too much time on the celebration. Meanwhile, after you've won, the devil is already counter, getting his counterattack ready. A lot of us have spent years regurgitating the things that have happened for us. We could talk about how many times God bought us out, how many times we got bills paid, how many times, and, 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 and that's good. I'm not, and hear me, I'm not saying forget those things. I'm not saying put them in a the file and never see them again, lock them up in a box and don't ever talk about them again. But what I am saying is that celebrate them, then move. We spend, we spend we, the, the amount of time that we spend on celebrating what God has done for us. You got the house, good. Now, now plan to pay it off. You can celebrate so long that you mess up the blessing. Because while you're celebrating, hear me, while you're celebrating the last thing God did for you, Satan is preparing to come after you in your celebration time. Especially if he knows that all he has to do is step back for us. Now, Satan is, is strategic. He knows if he steps back for a season and you get what, what you ask God for, a lot of us are going to celebrate too long. And he'll pounce on you while you're in the midst of celebrating what God gave you. And you could possibly lose what God has given to you because you're celebrating instead of planning for the next win. Or getting, or getting defensively ready. So um, that, somebody said that's a nugget. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57, listen to what it says. But thanks be to God, which giveth constantly, continuously, giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read it again. But thanks be to God, who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Someone shout victory. We said that victory is the defeat of an enemy in battle. The defeat of an enemy in battle. God, the Bible says that God gives us the defeat of every enemy in battle consistently. That means you ought to consistently be winning. Everybody say, I have victory. That's not just a cliche because the word victory also means to have an advantage over anything that tries to contain you or box you in or make you feel like you can't go past this point. How many have ever felt like that before? Like, like the enemy's trying to box you in to make you feel like you can't go past where you, where you currently have had a victory at. Whenever, whenever that happens, God says, I have a plan for you to break the box. To break out of a comfortable place. To break out of every place where the enemy is trying to keep you contained. Somebody shout, I have victory. The word win or winner means to be victorious in anything. It means that, 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 that victory can take place and you can win in your, in your business, you can win in your family, you can win in your health, you can win in your finances, in any area of your life where there is a deficit. 
in any area of your life where it seems like you're behind the gun, you, ha you have to expect to win. So today, last week we dealt with the first tier of this. Today we're going to deal with the second tier of this. Last week we talked about, um, and, and, and I made you declare this, and let's um, declare it again today. Say, inside of me, inside of me. is the will to win the will to succeed and the will to be developed come on say it again inside of me is the will to win the will to succeed and the will to be developed we said that development is the process of growing say growing and, I'm, and we're going to be very interactive, in, especially in this series. I always got y'all talking but today we're going to talk a whole lot more because the more you say it is the more you see it the more you say it is the more you say it. So say, say this. Say growing, growing changing, changing, and advancing. Changing. Growing, growing, changing, changing, and advancing. Amen. This is what development is about. Development is about getting you to grow. Getting you to grow in a skill. Getting you to grow in an ability. To grow in a habit. It is getting you to change and alter some things in your life. With the, with the ultimate goal of advancing. So if you stay the same, you're never changing. You're never developing. Come on. Say, I have to grow. If you're going to grow, that means you're going to have to be, you're going to have to get comfortable with not staying in the same environment in your mind forever. That means that new, new ideas are going to be presented to you about an area that you have seemed like you've mastered. New ideas are going to come when you, get, when you get stagnant, when you don't feel like you want to do this anymore. I know this is my business, but I don't feel like doing this no more. Then what's going to happen is God's going to allow you to start growing. New ideas are going to come. God's going to, God's going to allow you to be challenged so that you can change. Because the truth of the matter is that somebody said this, God wants me to advance. So last week, we, we kind of talked about how you can uh, develop. We talked, about, uh, we talked about what a skill was, and I don't have time to go into all of it, but get, the, get the, um, the download from last week. We talked about what a skill was. We said that the skill is the ability and the capability of doing something well. Every person here has a skill. Every person here has something that they're able to do well. You might not have, you might not have made it an ability yet, because an ability is, is what's formed from a skill. An ability is something that you put time into. You have a skill, something God put in you. It might still be in seed form. You might, you might be an up-and-coming poet, but you might not have written any poetry. You love, you, 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 you're pulled towards poetry. You love reading it. You've dabbled a little bit, but you haven't stuck with it long enough for, it to, for, for the skill or the seed in you to be watered enough for it to become an ability for you. So a lot of us have a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, skills in us. We have seeds inside of us of greatness. They just haven't been watered enough so that we can have ability come forth. But, but, but that seed has to be planted. It has to, be, it has to be planted in you, which God did that before you were born. Before you were born, God put stuff in you. Before you ever came out of your mother's womb, God, when, when the moment you were conceived, you came out, of, your spirit came out of heaven with gifts and talents within you. Everybody in this room, whether you've used them or not, they're lying dormant in you, but they're in you. Stop saying that you don't have nothing you can do. Stop acting like, they, they, stop acting like God sent you to this earth and you have nothing to bring to the world. There's something in you that is greater than you. <laughs> 
Lord, help me. You have, say there's natural and spiritual gifts. Say, I have natural and spiritual gifts within me. You have natural and spiritual gifts within you. And God, before you were born, he placed those things within you. And watch this. Once you, once you, once you tap into the abilities that God put inside of you, the ability, once it's watered, become, the skill, excuse me, once it's, once it's watered, becomes an ability. Once the ability is recognized and dealt with, it becomes a habit. So, so you don't have to ask a singer, can you, can you, can you sing? And they say, hold on, I got to go back to class. I got to go back to singing school. They spent enough time. Reese don't have to say, hold on, I need to get an instructor for me. She goes, oh, start singing. Why? Because it's something that she's done enough that it comes out of her because of habit. Anytime you're struggling, struggling to, to produce an ability, it's because you haven't spent enough time with the skill. So, so, so this, this is when you start having those moments where you feel like, I don't know if I really have what it takes for this thing inside of me to come out of me. You start second-guessing yourself when you haven't spent enough time with, and watering the seeds that God's put inside of you so that the skill can become an ability. You remember last week I told you I, I did a demonstration at the piano and talked about a lot of times people, you have something in you, but if you sit down with the skill and don't spend enough time with it, you, the, the skill is going to look like, what do I do with this? If someone would say to, let's say, um, if I said, heaven, go play the piano. And heaven goes to the piano and say, play a song for us. Right? It might, it might sound like, nah, 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 That doesn't mean that she doesn't have a skill in her to play. It just means she hasn't watered the skill enough so that it can become an ability. And she hasn't dealt with the ability long enough until it becomes habit to play like this. Play something. You know why he's able to do that without even looking? It's because he spent enough time with, with the instrument and the skill that God put inside of him until the skill became an ability. Now, now let me ask you a question. Before you started, before you sounded like that, did you, did, 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 did you play that fluently maybe like 20 years ago? Right, right, see? That's the way it sounded when he first started out. But watch this. You have to be okay, watch this, with your skill in raw form. You have to be okay with that because you have to spend time with the skill playing from playing chopsticks to playing full cantatas. It doesn't happen just because you have a desire. You know how many people have a desire to be great but they never hit greatness? You know how many people have a desire to be like God and it never happens? Desire is a starting point. But after desire, you have to move into habit. Got to move into habit. But the enemy, what he does is he tricks us at the beginning of skill level because we all we see is the end result. We see us playing behind an orchestra. That's what you see, right? But when you sit down to play, it don't sound like any, you ain't going to be around no orchestra no time soon. Because write this one word down process it takes process for you to move from a novice to an expert 
takes process for you to for you to first get saved and then to be able to flow in giftings according to God's standard. It takes process for that to happen. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens the more that you hone the skill into an ability. So, so this is a question I want to ask you. I always ask you all pertinent questions. What skills have you been sitting on for the last five years that haven't turned into a full ability yet? What skills have you been sitting on? I can do 10 things, but have you mastered them until they become an ability? Sometimes the, the, the issue is, is not that we don't have the skill. The issue is that we do not have the, we have not prioritized. And to put into priority how I'm going to deal with each skill that I have. If you're going to be great, take a natural skill, take a spiritual skill, one each, and just perfect them. One natural, one spiritual, and perfect it. Uh, somebody say, I have to perfect it. If, if you're a prophet, God's called you to prophesy, stop keeping your mouth shut. You're going to have to learn, Lord, Lord Jesus. You're going to have to learn how to exercise the gift. You have the gift of healing. Stop standing around whole people. People who, people who are healed. Get around people who are sick because the more you pray for them is the more the gift is going to get exercised. You may pray for 100 people that have headaches and nothing ever happens. That's the, that's the equivalent of someone playing chopsticks barely. But eventually, eventually, the more you, the more you hone the skill, it's going to become an ability. The 101st person you pray for will get healed from the headache. That doesn't mean you're an expert now. Doesn't mean you open up a healing school. <laughs> it just means that you've seen a level of success because you have been diligent over the little that God's given you. And a lot of us, the reason why God can't give us any more, this is why you're praying for stuff and can't get manifestation. It's not because God hates you. It's not because he's not hearing your prayers. It's because he wants to see what you will do with little. Oh, Lord, help us today. He wants to see if you get the big head with a little bit of power. Y'all quiet. He wants to see, are you come on, you're gonna start printing up business cards and become a distinguished healer around the world. And two people only got healed under your ministry so far. Come on, come on. You're a prophet to the nations. You only prophesy to two people in your household. It doesn't work like that. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand. Come on, I'm, I'm giving y'all secrets on how to do this. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you in due time. What is due time? When you put enough time into what he's put in you. Then God says, I'm moving you from novice, novice to intermediate. Then you got to put time at intermediate level. Because every time God advances you, there's a new level of fight. He's not just advancing you with a gift only. He's advancing you by your character. He's advancing you by your level to submit. He's advancing you by all of these things. And when he is finished trying you, you start to come forth as pure gold. That somebody say, that's the process. All right, so, so, so we started talking about that. We also talked about that if you're going to be great, you're going to have to learn how to do things you've never done before. Do something you've never done before. 
Now, all of us heard that last week, and a lot of us haven't done anything this week. Take a step in the direction of your skill. Do something you've never done before. And so we said, how do you do that? You have to get, you have to get delivered from the fear of the unknown. You all remember that? You have to get delivered from the fear of the unknown. How do you do that? I gave you three ways. First of all, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fail. You know how many Christians are afraid to fail and people in the world just failing all the time and starting over and failing, starting over, failing, starting over, and we're afraid to fail because we don't like, we don't like, we hate not, not being at a hundred and something. Y'all not to say it, man, but I know it's true. We don't like being, we don't like being an expert in something. You can never be an expert in something you haven't given yourself over to. And because a lot of people don't give themselves over to God, we're not an expert to help somebody else get them, give themselves over to God because they have to, Paul said, follow me as I. He didn't say, I'm going to teach you how to do it and I stop doing it. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, you're going to be able to do, I'm going to be able to train you in this because I'm constantly getting trained. I don't stop doing to teach you. Does that make sense? A lot of people stop everything that God's called them to do to mentor and train other people. And this is why the people you're mentoring, it, the, the anointing on that mentorship dries up because you didn't keep yourself open to being mentored. He said, follow me. In other words, I'm going to become your mentor in pursuing Christ as I pursue him. All right? So, so uh, don't be afraid to fail. We said second, don't be afraid to take a step in the dark. Don't be afraid to take a step in the dark. Why? Somebody said, I can always reset. Come on, say that with some power. I can always reset. Don't let this be the year where you say, I wish I would have. Don't let this be that kind of year for you. I wish I would have done it. I wish I would have got the house. I wish I would have. No, no, no. Go out through faith. Get a word from God and step out. Remember we talked about Peter last week, how he got the word and he stepped out, although the other disciples were on the boat. He stepped out and he did, he did something spectacular that the other disciples didn't do. He messed up, but he recovered. All right? Third, we said, don't be afraid of what people are saying about you doing something new. Don't be afraid of people talking about you because you're doing something new. A, a lot of the reason why people have words about you is because you've always been the same way. And people are going to, once you start breaking the norm and shattering the norm in your life, people are going are to call that unusual for you. You've always been quiet. You've never been this vocal. Well, it's a new day and it's a new me. God's doing something unusual in my life. This is the year of the unusual. And get, get used to me speaking up and saying something. Because you're going to see much more of this. What are you doing? You, you can't, I can't be afraid. I can't base my next off what people think about me. I, and I refuse to base what God is going to do next in my life based off of what people think about me. Somebody say, this is about me and God. Come on, say it again. This is about me and God. Right, this is what we left off last week. So we said that the difference between winning and losing is continual growth. Say continual growth. All of this has to do with winning because if you're going to win, you got to grow. If you're gonna, I'm going to say it again. If you're going to win, you have to grow. Say, I have to grow. You can't stay in the same place you've been in for 10 years and expect to win at another level. The world is mourning Kobe Bryant and others that were on that, on, that, on that helicopter. Kobe Bryant was a winner. 
He loved to win. People hated him because of his drive to win. They hated the fact that, that he pushed. But just like Michael Jordan, he learned something about winning. He said, if I'm going to win, i got to be stretched. So before practice, he spent two hours in the weight room. Before practice, he spent two hours on the court shooting every shot that he could possibly think of. In, in any scenario I'm possibly going to be in, I'm going to keep practicing this shot from the half-court line, from going out of bounds in the three-point line. I'm going to keep practicing this shot because when they hand me the ball in the game, I can't fake like I know what I'm doing. And a lot of us, the reason why we can't win is because we haven't spent enough time, haven't put enough hours into practicing the shot. Practicing your praise. Practicing keeping your mouth shut when you're under pressure. We haven't spent enough time doing that. So in, in the middle of a heated game of life, when all hell's breaking loose, when the enemy's coming after you, when the power of life and death is in your tongue, you, 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 you throw the ball into the, into the you, you, you know, you mess up. You throw the ball over into the crowd by mistake. You fumble the ball. Why? Because you didn't spend enough time practicing for what was coming. All right? So ask, ask, ask yourself this. Say, am I constantly growing? Ask yourself that this year. Don't let, don't let a week go by and you don't grow. Don't let a day go by and for all the giftings you have in you, you don't read something about it. You don't rehearse. You don't practice. Because what happens is that the gifts inside of you start to lie dormant. Then it's harder to stir it up in you when it's needed. Now you got to do all kind of extra stuff to stir up the gifts in you when the truth of the matter is that if you would have constantly stayed growing or doing, when it comes time for your gift to be needed, you're red hot. Amen, somebody. Amen. So, so we, we talked about all of that. And... um. I said this last week, I made this statement, I said a lot of people, a lot of people check growth by opportunity or money amounts. How much money I'm making and how many opportunities I get. And we said that, we said this, that, that uh, making money isn't growing. I know a lot of people that have a lot of money and their, their knowledge level is at zero. They have not grown. The world calls that luck. Right? We don't believe in luck. Ain't no luck for the believer. Come on. Amen. Come on, please. Y'all looking like it ain't. Somebody said it ain't. No, there ain't no luck for us. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm going to have to do a whole series on luck. Okay, forget it. Um, so making money is not, is not growing. Neither is having opportunities. So what is growth? What is growth? Growth is when you develop the gift in you. Well, first of all, when you develop you. Amen. Growth is when you develop you first. And then you develop the gift within you. Gifts within you. You say this, I have to develop first. Come on, say, I have to develop first. You want to know why we have a lot of gifted people that keep failing? It's because they put, too, they put extra time into the gift, but no time into themselves. We got a lot of people in the church that could, that could, that could sing, pray, prophesy, do all kind, they have all kind of gifts, but their character is at minus a thousand. What good is having a gift that's going to lead people to Jesus, and after, after they get to him, 
I, they're going to have to follow me as I follow Christ. And after they, after they have a sweet encounter with him, the rest of their life in God is bitter because of me. A gift is just that. It's a gifting. It has to be developed. But not above you. The gift is never developed above you. Because you can be highly gifted, but you be a mess. Lord, please, y'all say amen. Y'all looking like, Lord, did I come to church for this today? So our pursuit has been after developing what's inside of us, the gifting. Developing that. There's nothing wrong with developing the gifts that, that are inside of you. You're not even going to get opportunities or money if you don't develop those things. But, but, we need people that are going to develop them first. This is, how, this is how you become genuine in a world of knockoffs. Y'all quiet. This is how you become the real deal amongst everybody else that's doing the same thing. All of us may have the same gift. All of us may have the same ability. All of us may have the same skill. But it's something about character that pulls you and makes you stand taller than everybody else. Y'all ever heard the, the uh, saying that says that, uh, that a gift can get you through the door, but it's your character that's going to keep you in the door? A lot of us have not been developed within ourselves. My, you you might have grown up in a situation like mine where uh, my, my, my mom died early, my father didn't want me, kicked out the house, living from house to house with family members all over the place. I missed a lot of development. So the things that I learned in life, I had to learn them a lot later in life. Because every, the people who I, the family members I was living with, they didn't spend the time on me like they did with their own kids. So I had to learn, I had to learn lessons the hard way. I had to fall hard to learn a lesson. But the difference between me and a lot of people is it only takes one time for me. It only takes one time for me to hit my head. One day I was walking, we was walking, me and the boys, and um, I know, I know that, that, that I have twin boys. I know they're my sons because one day we walk and I said, be careful of that. And, and Bryce said, pow, hit himself. He said, oh, man. Ah. So I prayed for him. The pain left. And he said, what happened, Dad? I said, you weren't watching where you were going. The next week, I'm walking. We're walking. And, and Blake, pow, the other shoulder. I said, what? I said, oh, God. I said, you know what happened? Bryce said, he wasn't watching where he was going. Because whenever one messes up, the other one becomes the instant daddy. If Bryce is messing up, Blake becomes a daddy. Listen, you got to stop this. Right? So, they all, so, so if I teach, all I have to do is teach a lesson to one. Because I can guarantee you the other one's going to fall into that ditch. Although I teach it to both. Whoever catches it is going to become the instant teacher to the other one. So, so, so the next time I said, y'all come with me and walk with daddy. We outside. And before we start walking... Blake looks at Bryce and says, what are we going to do? And Bryce says, watch where we're going. I said, y'all got it. Y'all got it. Y'all got it. You got it. You, exactly. I don't have to teach a lesson. I don't have to teach it again because they both had an incident where they got hit. Some of you have been crying about the hits you've received in life, not realizing God was trying to teach you how to make it. 
God was trying to teach you, watch this, what not to be. I didn't grow up and have my daddy. So when I became a father, I was the best father in the world because I didn't have one growing up. God sometimes, God sometimes will teach you through a void. Lord, help me. See, whenever there's, wherever there's a void in your life, we have been tricked by the enemy to become very bitter about the void. We've been tricked by the enemy to become upset by the things that somebody else had that we didn't have. No, 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 no. God was teaching you through the void. He was showing you, watch this, what you could be without having it. Lord, help me. He was showing you the anointing that was going to rest on you to help other people that didn't have what you had. They're going to have to see you whole. They're going to, oh, come on. You remember, you remember the, 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 the man in the Bible that, that had all the demons? And he was breaking chains and cutting himself and living in the tombs. The Bible said after he had an encounter with Jesus, they found the man clothed, sitting down and in his, in, in, in his right mind. People have to see your before so that they can appreciate the anointing of your after. Lord, help me. And some of you have, are still crying about your before. You're giving too much detail to your before. You're still upset about what happened in your childhood. You're still upset about people that left you. When really that, that was a training ground of your anointing to get you to your next. To get people to see that without having a daddy, I still made it. Without having a mama, I made it. People left me in my life. Even after a divorce, I'm still standing. Sometimes God will allow it to happen so that you can watch this. Be one that says, follow me. The question is, the question is, how developed are you to have followers? How developed, oh God, how developed are you to have followers? Okay, question. Can the earth stand to see a hundred more like me? I'll take a sip of water. Can the earth stand to see a hundred more like me? Look at the totality of who you are today. Not by faith, not through the lenses of faith that I see myself in my future better than I do right now. I'm talking about right here, right now. Today. I'm talking about you had a good week of prayer. I'm talking about right here today. Can the world stand to see a hundred more like me? See that? Can the world? Stand to see a hundred more like me. Or would that be a hundred, a thousand more demons that need to be cast out on the earth? Think about that for a second. What would another generation of you look like? Good, bad, and indifferent. What would that look like? I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm asking you that to sober you up. Anybody here 40 or over? 40 over. Anybody on the precipice of 40? You like right on the verge of 40? Anybody on the verge of 40? Come on, put those hands up. You're on the verge of 40. Okay, on the verge of 40. Okay, okay watch this. <laughs> let's, 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 let's just, let's, let's, let's be realistic. If you, if after 40, you had 40 more years, 40 more years to do everything that God called you to do, how much time have you wasted? I got right in the mic for that. 
How much time have you wasted, watch this, on, and I don't want to sound insensitive, but dumb things. Like, how much time have you wasted on, on petty arguments? How much time have you wasted on self-condemnation? How much time have you, have you wasted on not forgiving yourself? How much time have you wasted on not forgiving other family members? How much time have you wasted being angry at folks that left your life? How much time have you wasted, watch this, how much money have you wasted in sin? How much money have you wasted in your lifetime on cigarettes and weed and drinking? And sex and meeting up in places. How much, come on, how much time, now, now think about that. Now if you're 20, you, I'm, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying right now is like wah, 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 wah. Because you feel like I still got time. But really, really you don't. Because the issue is you need to start there. Watch this. How much knowledge have you saved to pour into another generation of you? I don't want nobody pouring into me like the crazy uncle at the reunion. Boy, this is all you got to do. Just go home, slap up a couple of times, then they just tell her, sit down. No, no, that's the wrong Uncle Jim. Sorry, that ain't it, bro. It's always that one person that got the that, that talks the loudest that has the wrong information. That ain't it, bruh. You don't know my wife. If I slap her, I'm gonna get slapped back. It's gonna be all I'm gonna get hit with a hammer. You don't know. Don't let that hallelujah fool you. She coming for blood, you hear me? <laughs> B-L-O-O-D plus more. One day, one day, we, 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 early in marriage, we, 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 was it before we were married? Well, my, my hands are going like this. First got married, I mean, we was going at it one day. And in my mind's eye, I saw myself just punching her in the mouth. Like, my, my hand was going like this, kept going like this. Just. But I was not crazy enough to pull that hand up and connect. <laughs> I thought it. But that's where it ended. Now, how, how much time have we wasted? Think about how much time you've wasted. And if you've wasted a lot of time, you got to catch up. A lot of you have to catch up. A lot of us. We have to catch up. Catch up to what? Our now. You got to catch somebody and say, I have to catch up to now. Because the truth of the matter is that you have to be ahead of now. You really have to be in a prophetic new season in order for you to really be comfortable in your walk with God. You always have to be ahead of where God is, where, where, where God has you in your body. So watch this. So right now you're, you're living in the house. You might be married. Or you might be getting, getting, thinking about marriage. You have to be five years into the marriage already. Amen. Oh. You have to prophetically be ahead of time in order to see success really happen. So watch this. My wife and I, in our 19th year of marriage, been together like 24 years, right? So truthfully, where my mind is headed to is 10 years from now. A decade from now, what do I want to see? Where do I want my children to be at 10 years from now? How, what, is it that I wanna, what is it that they ought to know 10 years from now? You can't wait until then to teach them. 
You can't wait for them to start loving on your spouse when, when you're an empty nester. Because by then you might not have nothing else left. Y'all don't like that kind of stuff. If I'm going to wait to pour all of my love into her and to shower her with her and, and to grow with her and go on vacation with her until they get out of school, by that time we might not have nothing else left. Y'all quiet. I, I, and this is truth. I, I, I teach parents and couples that your love comes first. Y'all quiet. My, my kids say, who you love the most out of this entire family? I said, your mother. They'd be like, what? You don't love me? No, no, no. You're like third. You're like third because God is first. Then after, after God, here we go, right here. Why are you saying that? Because one day you're going to get married. You're going to grow up. You're going to move out of this house. And if I love you more than I if I give all of myself to you and don't give nothing to her, then when you leave, she leaving. Am I, am I right? Am I right? If when y'all go, mama going with y'all. Like, it's been nice. This is graduation night. It's been nice. The baby looked, oh my God, my heart. Like, yeah, my heart too, baby. Why? Well, if you go to the house, you realize that the, the, pack, the movies are there now. <laughs> There's nothing else of mine that's there. So I just want to tell you, it's been, these last 30 years have been wonderful. But I'm moving on. There's nothing else holding me here. And a lot of us don't like that kind of talk. We're like, oh, the blood juice, I'm going to have everything until I die. No, the issue is that if you don't, if, it's more than just fighting for it. You have to build it. Come on, we're not fighting for no future. We're building a future. Come on, somebody say, I'm building it. Come on, you're not fighting for a career. You're building a career. Come on, I'm not fighting to have no business. I'm building this thing. God, God is looking for people who will build. He's looking for builders. On Tuesday night, we're going to be talking about Nehemiah and dealing with that whole thing. God is looking for people who will build broken places. Broken places don't, for me personally, broken places don't cause me to run. Broken people don't cause me to run. Brokenness within me doesn't cause me to run away from God. It pushes me to him. I, by nature... By nature, I am, I am drawn to broken people because everything within me is a builder. So I love, I, I love watching the rehab houses, the show where they rehab houses, because people go in there and be like, oh my God, I said, oh no, they can clean that up and put that over here and put this up. I, I have vision for broken things. Watch this. And she has a vision for broken things because when I came to her, I was broken. Mm. I had no job. Oh, y'all don't want to hear the real truth. I had, no I had a good dream, but I didn't have no job. I had a great dream. I'm going to be a music producer. I'm going to make $100,000. I'm going to take care of you, baby. Right? That was, my, that, that was my dream. She gave me a time limit for the dream, though. You can, you're, you're a dreamer. Don't lose a dream, but sir, in around my 60 days, I need some money here. Sir, I, I admire your dream. I admire your drive to your dream. But until your drive and your dream connect, a job and your energy have to meet up. Y'all quiet. So you know what that made me do? It made me pray and push for the dream. Thank you. By the grace of God, 
few weeks later, I said, babe, I got this, I got this job. I'm working with men stand. I'm going to get this money. She said, how much, how much are they going to give you? I pulled out the check that they sent me, the first half of the check for a couple of songs. First half check. She said, oh, my God. This is more than what I'm making. Month, Jesus. I said, yeah, that's the first half. I said, and then after that, there's a second half after I go, fly to Detroit and work with them. I'm going to fly back, and I'm going to come back with a second half. And then after that, I got three more jobs lined up. She said, wait a minute. I'm not going to quit just yet, but this is good. <laughs> this is wonderful. Then we got the next job. Then I got the next job. The next job. The next job. Moved to Portland. Next job. Then, 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 I, then Michelle Williams. And then they called me to do uh, De Beyonce, Destiny Child stuff. Then we moved to Texas. Then we got a house. Then I was like, whoo, we we're on the fast track, baby. Here we go. Millions, here we come. And God said, psych, go and start the church. And I said, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me, Jesus. Stop. Stop that for a season. Go start the church. You want to know why? I, I, I asked God most times, why did that happen? He said, because there's no way that you can pour into a skill that becomes an ability, that becomes a habit, and I don't reward you for it. Watch this. But the truth of the matter is that playing piano, vocal coaching, being an artist, being a songwriter was not my primary gifts. They were secondary gifts. Preaching the gospel, prophesying, building churches was the primary gift in me. I just, I, I claim that they were, they were secondary gifts because I wanted to make the money with the music. Y'all don't, don't want honesty. Can preach in the studio, which I did. I can lay hands and prophesy in the studio, which I did. But God said, I want you in a church setting. What a lot of us do is we negate the dominant giftings within us because our ulterior motive is money. Influence. Power. So we, so we naturally attract to the gifts in us that bring us the biggest, what we call biggest returns. That, that's what we normally just give ourselves over to. I'm a praying fast. No, no, no. I'm a pray. I'm, I'm gonna lead people to Christ. But I'm gonna make this money. Y'all don't like me. But I'm gonna have these 10 businesses run, up and running. I'm gonna be an Oprah level. Come on, just leave me alone, Jesus, until I get this conglomerate going. Leave me, Lord, this, I'm going to do your will on the side. <laughs> Y'all don't like that kind of stuff. I'm gonna do, that's, but that's how we, that, come on, I'll be honest. I'm still going to leave people to you. Somebody got somebody to gotta get with rich folks. Lead them to God. We got we to gotta build a church from the ground up. And, and the mindset is, okay, man. So, you grow, I was gonna, let me come out of that conundrum. You grow when you develop you. Say, so I, I have to be developed. I have to be developed. You develop first, watch this, then you spend time developing the gifts in you. Say, so I, I have to develop. This way, the gift doesn't take you to places your character is not ready for. You have less mess ups. You, less, you, 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 you have less messing up people's lives, those moments. You have less seasons of missing the mark when you deal with you first. So, so what, is, what, what is real growth? Growth is two, two things. 
It is moving forward with wisdom and knowledge. That's real growth. Watch this. The more you grow, the more opportunities God gives you because he knows you can handle them. Some doors don't open up not because God's trying to hold you back from something. More doors don't open up because you're not ready for what's behind the door. Honestly, honestly, more doors would open up if you would get developed first. Bigger doors would, would be presented to you if you would take more time and develop you. And I know people are like, undeveloped, undeveloped. But ask God how developed you really are. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna, he's gonna test your development to see if, you, if you're developed or underdeveloped. All right, so write this down. Just write, I'm not going to jump into this, but, but this, this is some scientific stuff. Um, there, there, there are two, two, real, two real levels of growth and types of growth, two types of growth. I, I, I didn't give this to y'all. Uh, I didn't give this to y'all in the back. But just write this down. Logarithmic growth, L-O-G-A-R. You can look it up when you get home. L-O-G-A-R-I-T-H. L-O-G-A-R-I-T-H-M-I-C. Logarithmic. L-O-G-A-R-I-T-H-M-I-C. Right, logarithmic growth. This is this kind of growth is um, it, ingre- it, it increases quickly in the beginning, but the more time you spend in in whatever area this is, it starts to decrease the growth. This is like um, I'll give you an example of logarith- 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 logarithmic growth. It is um, weight loss. You ever you ever been on a diet and you start losing water weight very quickly and you're like I'm down 15 pounds, and then after that. No pound. You'd be like uh, 0.2 pounds. Then the next, the next day, 0.1 pound. The next day, 0.001 pounds. A lot logarithmic growth happens like a whole lot in the beginning, and then it dies down. That's not the kind of growth we want to see in our lives, because the second kind of growth is exponential growth. E x p o n e n T-I-A-L, exponential, exponential growth. It is slow growth in the beginning. Everybody say slow in the beginning. This is like mustard seed type of growth. It starts small, but over time it increases and it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it becomes unstoppable. Exponential growth. Slow in the beginning, but over time it increases. This is how wealth should be for us. This is how business ought to be. I started out with two clients, but over time, now I'm at 200. This is how a lot of churches start. I started with a few members. Now God has grown us exponentially. It happens the more time you put into it, the more you see it expand. A lot of us need to pray that God exponentially grows every part of our life. Exponential growth is not pretty in the beginning. Because, because if you don't put the time in, you never see it expand. So I'm building something right now. I'm building something for my family. I'm, I'm saving up money for a house. Right now, how much you got saved up? $200. People start laughing. They can laugh because what you realize is that this is going to happen exponentially. I have 200 today, but catch me a month from now. I guarantee you I'll have 2,000. You see what I'm saying? This is the kind of growth that God wants you to plug into in this season. That has to be the thing that, that your spirit plugs into. I'm starting small, 
But somebody said, I'm going to end big. Lord, help me. This is how this year is going to be for us. A lot of us started the year off with small dreams and visions. I got a small little vision here. Got a small couple of clients. Got small things I'm going to do. But, but in my heart, I know it's going to be bigger than this. So this is why I stick to it. This is why I praise God through this. This is why I worship the way I do. Why? Because although I'm starting small, although the Bible said, although you, your beginning was small, your ending is going to be greater. Every area of my life, somebody say, it's going to be big. Lord, help me. Everything, everything that my hand is involved with, people are laughing and criticizing. Why are you doing that? Ain't nothing going to happen from that. Why are you trying to do that? Why are you got videos on the net? Why are you, why, why are you, why are you doing this? They may laugh now because you're doing stuff with small cameras and cell phones, but in a minute, you're going to have multi-million dollar equipment. Why? They can laugh. They can laugh now, but later on, they don't want to join a team. I'm not worried about people laughing in my early stages because right now, I'm, I'm trying to get in where I fit in. I'm trying to make it work. I'm praying. I'm fasting. I'm giving. I'm serving. I'm doing this for my family. But the more I stick to it, the more I tell God, this can't be a me job. This has to be a we job. If we don't, come on. I'm not expecting you to make this happen. I'm going to partner with heaven. I'm going to see the thing come to pass. My desire is going to come on fire. And the more I stick with this, somebody say, the more I stick in this, the more it's going to grow. Put your hand on yourself and say, I'm not afraid of small beginnings. Oh, look. Don't you let a small beginning be the thing that causes you to run off. Sometimes people hate small beginnings because they love a crowd. And when you're building something that is small, people don't want to be involved in it because they're looking for something grand. I've learned... I've learned how to how to tell. Let me talk to you because everybody. I've learned how I've learned how to be okay with small, because what God does in small is He knocks out all of the deterrents. He He moves out of your life everybody and everything that don't belong there, so your foundation can be better. Because people who grow and have a lot of people with them and have a lot of stuff, they grow with a lot of baggage. Then they feel indebted when they when they when they make it, because now all of y'all with me in the process, and you never ran. So now I feel like I got to do something for you. God don't want you squandering your inheritance on people. Watch this, who really didn't have your back from the beginning. People have discernment too. They can tell when God's hand is on you. They can tell when God's gonna do something great. Why? Because you keep telling them. I got a word from God. I know what God's going to do. I know what God's going to do. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. It's going to be big. So sometimes people stick around because of what you're saying. They believe the vision. They believe the dream, but they don't believe in you. Sometimes the best thing to do is God will let you build from the ground up with a small team. A few people. A few people. You can't, you can't despise small beginnings. Because the way you win is by weeding out fake people, fake situations, fake blessings, fake miracles. Some things the enemy said, well, that was a miracle. No, that wasn't a miracle. That wasn't a miracle. That was, this, this is something that, that, or that was already in the works. A miracle comes when there was no way. Now, that was a miracle. There was no way we could have this building here 
and God opened up a door and let us have the building for a hundred dollars a month when the when the rent or the or the, 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 the the mortgage on it is five thousand. Now that's a miracle. I have um I have um twenty seven hundred a month, but they really want twenty nine hundred. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. They let me come in with 2700 when it's supposed to be 29. That's a blessing. A miracle is when they say, we'll give you the first year for free. That's a miracle because that don't happen for nobody. Y'all get what I'm saying? Why just say, I want exponential growth. Um, tell somebody next to you, keep growing. Come on, find somebody else and tell them, keep growing. Find one more person, tell them, keep growing. I got five minutes to finish this. Tell, tell yourself, I have to keep growing. Write this out if you're taking notes. Growing hurts. You just told somebody to keep hurting. It's all right. It's all right. Because when you work out, after you finish working out, you hurt. But the hurt only is there because you've grown something. Muscle is growing. Say growing hurts. Why does growing hurt? Because growing is stretching. All these pregnant women, you look at Candy's walking around here like this. <laughs> growing, the baby in her is growing. Growing is painful. Any, any mamas in here know what I'm talking about? Growing is painful. Why? Because the more the baby grows, the more it stretches you. People are excited about growth, but they don't want to be stretched. Oh, God's going to grow this business. Well, get ready to hurt. God's growing the ministry. So you know what happens? We go through hurt. We got to be stretched in order to grow. Watch this. Write this down. Growing is uncomfortable. Growing is uncomfortable. Y'all come on. I got three minutes. Come on. Stay awake. I got three minutes. Say growing is uncomfortable. Watch this. Growing is not cute. Growth is not cute. Until after you've grown and you can talk about it. When we see the baby, after your stomach has come down, after the C-section sutures have, have all dissolved, after you're able to walk without pain, you start talking about the baby, everybody says, whoo, that baby's cute. My God, and he plays the piano? Right? That's, that's after, after growth. But during growth, somebody said, and the baby in your womb is going to be great. You're like, shut up. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. While, you, while, while, the dream is, while the dream and the vision in you is growing, it's almost hard to hear prophetic words about, about it because it don't feel like that. Right. 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 We're barely surviving in my house when you're talking about the baby going to be great. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. Watch this. Growth, write this down. Growth takes time. Growth takes time. You don't get, you don't get impregnated on a Monday and have the baby on a Friday. <laughs> if it don't happen like that in the natural, why are you expecting it to happen like that in the spirit? God put a dream in you. It shouldn't take 20 years. But it won't take a day. You understand what I'm saying? It takes time. Say, say, growing takes time. Right next to that, write these words. You can't rush it. You can't rush growth. You have to deal with growth. You got to pray through growth. 
Come on, you have to be uncomfortable. You're going to throw up. <laughs> You're going to get dizzy. You're going to feel uncomfortable. None of the clothes you wear are going to be the right, the right fit, even the maternity clothes. All of it, all of it is growth. It's just not growth that sometimes that you want. You're going to be great. God's going to take you all over the world. Sounds good as a prophecy. Until, until God gets you uncomfortable with your natural surroundings. Y'all don't like that. Write this down. Growing is embarrassing. Growing is embarrassing. Anybody, uh, anybody have, have a child and um, they're in between, or anybody ever been that child that was in between sizes? You understand what I'm saying when I say in between sizes? When I was growing up, uh, I, I was a little chunky, and, and, and I was what you call a husky. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't a size 8, and I wasn't a size 10. I was an 8 husky because I couldn't fit a 10, but I couldn't fit an 8. So it was hard finding clothes for me. So my mama would buy me the 10s and hem up the pants, bring them in. So I ha it took me longer to wear my new clothes because my mother was a seamstress. She did all kinds of, she had to, she had to come on HR, I had to stand up on the little thing and she had to pull it out. Ow, you just hit me with the pen. What you doing? I had to go through all of this just for one outfit. So one day I said, why does it take so long for my clothes to be ready? When I, I, got, I always had clothes, but when I want to wear the new clothes, you know, Resurrection Sunday. Got the new suit, powder blue, baby fresh. You know? And my mom would have to go, go shopping for me a month in advance because I wasn't a size 8. But I wasn't a size 10. So I remember one year, she, Brother Billy, she was sick, wasn't feeling well, and she sent me and my aunt to go shopping. My aunt said, what size are you? I said, I'm an 8 husky. She didn't understand what that was. She ain't never shopped for an 8 husky. So she got me an 8, size 8 suit. My mama didn't look at the suit, so I woke up on, on Easter Sunday ready to put on my fresh powder blue suit with the white tie, ready, ready, okay, my, my time was ready, ready to go on out and do what I had to do, and I put the suit on, Brother Billy, and it didn't feel right. I put the pants on, and in the thigh area, it was a little tight, which caused the bottom of the pants back then to come up. And back then, they weren't wearing high waters. They made fun of them. Now, all these, look at everybody wearing high waters. The suits are high water, the jeans are high waters, the life is high waters, everything is high water. <laughs> the shirt's high water, the shirt's up like this. <laughs> Jacket like this and the shirt like that. He's walking around, hey, what's up? How y'all doing? They think that's cute. <laughs> but I was going up there and do that. So my mother said, You're going to have to wear that, man, because we ain't got other suits for you. All the other suits, you can't fit them no more. I said, I can't do this. All of a sudden, my stomach is hurting right here. But my, my mom was a nurse, so she's like, ain't nothing over there. You fine. All the vital organs over here. You fine. You might have a little gas. Let me give you some castoria. You don't even know what castoria is. Let me give you some castoria. Y'all know that is that's, that makes you go to the bathroom. So she gave me a, a sip of castoria, and I'd like to die. And then, and then sent me to church in the size 8 suit. And, and wouldn't you know that was a day the children choir was on parade and they made me lead the song in front of 500 people. I'm going to tell them, work it out. Work it out. How you going to pay your rent? Oh, yeah, buddy. I mean, I'm out there singing. 
I felt stupid. Because I was growing. And sometimes growing is embarrassing. Because when you grow, you, can't, you don't have the luxury of going back to the old you. But as you're growing, you might, not have, you might not have grown into who God's really called you to be. But you definitely ain't who you was. So when you try to go back, you look like H.R. Crump Jr. on the front row singing Work It Out with a suit that don't fit and pants that are too high and the thyroid that's about to bust. I was so embarrassed. I led the song. I led the song. I did it with grace and dignity. But Jerry, when I finished the song, I went in the bathroom and cried for like an hour. Because this is what I said. I don't want nobody to see me like this. My mother came in the back and said, somebody go get my son out the bathroom. Said, What's the matter with you? I said, they put me in front of the church like this. She said, boy, thank God you're wearing something. Watch this. I didn't want to hear it. In my mind, I said, shut up. I wouldn't, like my wife, I wouldn't dare say that out loud. Because she would have hit me from 1985 to 2020. I would have been here preaching to y'all in the future in 1985. Would have got a full prophetic glimpse of everything that happened. She would have hit me so hard. So in my mind I said, shut up. Why? Because I had a vision for me. And what I was wearing wasn't fitting the vision. Growth, somebody said, is embarrassing. One more. Growing and growth is lonely. Growing is lonely because you never grow at the same speed as anybody else. Spiritually, you don't grow at the same speed. Me and my wife, we, we, we can, watch this, we can spend time in prayer together. We can read the same scriptures, but our growth is different because we have two different walks. We have two different walks. So, so our growth is different. And a lot of people, a lot of people, for a lot of people, growing is lonely. Everybody doesn't, doesn't want to grow. So you may outgrow other people in your life. Part of winning is knowing when God is growing you. Part of winning is knowing when God is growing you and who you have to let go of in order to grow. At one level, everybody may be good for you. At the next level, none of them may be good. It depends on where they're going and where you're going. Sometimes growth can be stunted because you're waiting for other people to catch up to your level. We all came in Jesus together. We all going up together. Not so. You could, we could all got saved on the same day and, 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 and three, of, three out of the five of us are really meaning Jesus and we keep growing. The other two might not mean Jesus. Eventually, if I wait for them to grow, I'm going to miss what God has for me. So the Bible says, work out your, oh, oh Lord. It sounds good until you got to do it. It sounds real good until you got to, until you got to grow you. It sounds real good when you're married and the spouse ain't growing at the same rate you're growing. What do you do? Remember the questions a couple weeks ago we asked? What do you do when you're growing but the spouse ain't growing? You got to pray for their growth, but you got to keep growing. Yeah. What do you do when you have friends? And we all saved, 
but we all ain't growing. Do you leave the friendship? Or do you keep, let, me, let me help you with this. The more you grow, look, it's real quiet now. Okay. The, more, the more you grow, growth will put a barrier in the friendship. Because when you grow, your talk changes. When you grow, your desires change. When you, come on. When you grow, your wants change. When you grow, your, you start honing in on skills. You start, you start developing abilities. You start creating habits. When, watch, if they don't want to do that, when they get around you, there'll be no more connection. There'll be no more connection. And it's very hard to pull somebody into a level of growth that they're not ready for. How do you know you're growing and somebody else isn't? They criticize your growth. You think you hot stuff now because you, you didn't spend time with God? That's a sign that you may be outgrowing them. Mm. I'm not saying leave them. But what I'm saying is you got to be cognizant of where, the, where your level of growth is, where their level of growth is. And I can't spend time trying to continue to, to teach you about my level of growth. You got to watch me grow. Even if you stick around. You got to know that my talk is going to be different. And, and, and let me tell you something. Somebody that really doesn't want to grow and you want to grow, it's like the wheat and the tear. They both, want, they both want to go to a certain point. But eventually God is going to get in the middle and separate it. We'll have nothing more in common. They're going to they're say, yeah, how was church? It was crazy, man. We had this encounter with God. They're going to, yeah, well, guess what this Friday is? Ladies night! We're like, and? I was like, you just get excited about that. We just hit the club. We just go, guess what I got this week? Purple Kush. Look <laughs> quiet. Samuel, you don't even know what that is. I got the good, good. <laughs> I got that snuff. <laughs> From the ocean. We're like, what? about. I'm not even following that stuff no more. I'm like a fish out of water with what your desire is because I'm talking about Jesus and growing my business. You're talking about getting high. We don't mesh anymore. We don't mesh anymore. Our talk is different. Your attitude is off all the time. Y'all understand what I'm saying? How do you, how do you, how do you how do you live in that? How do you, how do you separate that? How do you say, this is really is a good person, a good friend, but God's taking me to another place? Abram and Lot had to move away from each other. If it's, meant, if it's really meant to be, and if it's, if it's really of God, guess what God will do? He'll bring it back together again. But you can't, hear me, you can't be afraid to lose people for the sake of you growing. Ooh, I hope that's blessing you. You want to know when, when let, let me give you one more. You want to know when you're really growing? When you start to become fervent and other people start to become even more lazier. When you, when you start becoming fervent about life and business and God and family and other people like, I just, I'm just chilling. I, I ain't got time to chill. I, I'm growing something. I'm building something. I ain't got time. Our, our interests are on two different levels. Write down Ephesians 4. What time is it? Look at my, okay, just write it down. 
we're going to start here next week. Ephesians 4, 13 through 16. Read it. It's going to talk about growing. Ephesians 4, 13 through 16. Just write it down and read it in the King James. Read it in the ESV. King James and ESV. King James ESV. Y'all got it? Y'all want me to give it to you again? Ephesians 4, 13 through, just um, say 13 through, yeah, 13 through 16 is good. 13 through 16. Because it's going to talk about joints supplying to the body. It's about growth. It's about, it's about God saying to us that if you're going to win, you have to grow. If you're going to, now think about this. If you really, if you say, God, how many of you say, I'm, I'm, I'm a winner? How many, how many, where the winners at? I'm a winner, right? You know what that means? You got to stop claiming you're lazy. Right. Yes. Yes. I, and believe me, I'm not hooping and hollering through this. I want you to learn this. I could say, and you're going to learn how to, God's going to, you don't need that. And God's going to teach you to grow. He's going to take you from the bottom to the top. Say it. Y'all don't need that. We haven't been churched. We haven't been grow. We have we haven't had growth. Growth is gonna happen. Watch this as you learn it. Say, I'm gonna grow as I learn. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. I'm, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for you because a lot of us, God's gonna undo what you have learned. Mm. God's gonna undo what you have learned. I'm gonna say it again. God is gonna undo what you have learned. I'm going to say it again. God's going to undo what you have learned. A lot of us have gone, have gone off of what we have learned previously. It's the best that we had. Because somebody taught us with limited knowledge. And it was the best they had. It was the best that they had. It was the best that they had. But now God is saying, in order for you to grow, I'm going to erase all of that. I'm going to put a new model of what your life is gonna look like inside of you. I'm gonna teach you how to let go of fear. I'm gonna teach you how to trust people, the right people. I'm gonna teach you how to hold on to your money. Come on, I'm gonna teach you to stop chasing after marriage and learn how to be happy where you are. And if the person comes, wonderful. But if not, I got enough on my plate. I'm wonderful. He's going to teach you how to be happy being single so you're not desperate. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to say yes to anybody because you don't want to be by yourself. Build. That's enough excitement. You can meet enough people building. Come on here. You want to meet enough people building that, that, that your wife or your husband may not be anywhere in the United States. Might not, that, that person might not be here right now. That person may be traveling abroad. You don't, you don't know. You don't know. But watch this. If, if you're desperate, anybody that looks in your direction, you're saying, yes. 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 And after, after failing at so many yeses, you're eventually going to change a yes to a no. You want to know why? Because you had to be taught a different way. God is going to undo some of the stuff that we learned 
Sisters, learn how to cook for you. Don't learn how to cook for no man's belly. But you'll feed him, and if he ain't the one, he'll leave. Y'all quiet. Y'all don't like that. Brothers, God's going to have to reteach some of y'all because you're, you're looking for the body of an uh, of a, of a international supermodel. And that body ain't always going to be an international supermodel. I'll just leave that right there. That ain't always going to be the case. That ain't always going to be the case. What if, what if you're the perfect person for you is not the person that God has for you? Ooh. I'm talking about in your eyes. What if the perfect person that you see for you got to be yay tall on his lips to look just like this gray, gray eyes super curly wavy hair what if he comes and his eyes is brown what if he comes and he's short what if he comes and he's bow-legged what if he comes and <laughs> you know what, I'm saying? what if he comes and one eyebrow won't grow but he's the one that God has for you but he's the one that God has for you Y'all missed that. But he's the one that God has for you. My wife wanted a taller man. I'm a shorty. Come here, baby. See? I'm, I'm her height now. Oh, Lord. There's always another step. <laughs> See, I always got a plan. There's always another step. She submitted. Hallelujah. <laughs> but now, okay, come on, stand up and sit with me. Now, well, look, she taller than me. I'm sure she was like, God, give me a tall man. You liar. You lying. She lying. I wanted, she said that because y'all here. She said that because y'all here. She wanted a taller man. You want a light skinned dude? Stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I wanted a wife that could sing and God molded you into it you singing now no no it's, it's a skill <laughs> <laughs> she said it's a skill it has to become an ability <laughs> it's coming right she's doing good though she's doing better she's doing better now watch if, if, if I'm sure when she when we first met if she would have based everything that she had on her list with everything that I was and if I base everything on my list based on everything she was, we would have never got together. It would have never worked off of that. Now, I'm not saying don't have a list. But I'm saying keep that as the plan B. Because you may get the person that's not at all what looks like it, how it looks on your list. And you could very well miss the opportunity to build with somebody. Because you got a list. And it's the list for you that's on earth, but ain't the list in heaven. So what if he's shorter? So what if his eyebrow won't grow? So what? That's cosmetic. We can fix that. They got eyebrow weave. They got they got all kind of right. They got eyebrow weave. They got mustache weave. They got beard sewings. I mean, all kind of stuff happening. 
He can't grow no facial hair. Don't say that ain't the one. Don't say that ain't the one. Hear me. A lot of times where we have to unlearn is here. This is a place we got to unlearn. This is a place we got to, and this is funny, but this is the way we got to unlearn. This is where God's going to unlearn us. Do they possess, out of everything on your list, do they have the God qualities? Because what I told God is, I want, I want a woman that prays. Because I knew, Brother Billy, I was going to need a lot of prayer. I had to, I had to have somebody who's going to be able to pray because I knew my flesh was a mess. I know me. She had to pray many days for me. I had to have somebody, number two, who could follow the voice of God. So we moved, we lived in Texas, we lived in Portland, we lived in Connecticut, we lived in New York, we lived in Pennsylvania, we lived here, because we, we, we followed the voice of God. I said, God, third, give me somebody, watch this, who's not afraid to take a, a risk for you. Give me somebody who's not afraid to take a step in the dark. Give me somebody who's not afraid, watch this, of when people say no. That if God gives us a yes, then we move forward. You know, sometimes the wife is like, if God told you yes, go ahead, I'm behind you. No, I said, no, give me somebody that can stand with me. Because if, if I get a thousand no's, I want to hear, and, and this last thing, I said, God, give me somebody that can hear your voice when I can't. Give me somebody that can hear your voice when I can't. I can't tell you how many days I prayed. And I'm the prophet, and she's a she's prophet, and she's a prophet too. But I prayed and ain't heard nothing. She said, the Lord just spoke to me. So the Lord said, I said, oh, God, I thank you. Who? Because if I would have chose some of the, a couple of other ones, we would have been jacked up. You hear me? Would have been jacked up. And I didn't find this out until later after we got married when I started seeing them. Hearing the stories about what they did and how they met. Them. I was like, oh, God, thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so happy because I didn't go by the list. That's just in relationship. You got a lot of people have a list for their business, they have a list for their friends. Sometimes the list has to be put away and you gotta hear God. Can you can you pray for us today? And pray pray of us that, that we'll follow God over the list in, in that vein, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, today we submit ourselves to you. We submit to you as knowing what's best for us, our Alpha and our Omega. We pray in the name of Jesus that today, everything that we have pronounced that we needed based on a fleshly place, oh God, based on insufficiencies that we want to make up, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would allow our list to be surrendered, oh God. We, oh God, open ourselves up and we allow you to give us an encounter and a vision, oh God, for what you have ordained for, for our lives, oh God. We allow ourselves to be redirected. We allow ourselves, oh God, to be pushed into what you have designed for us from the foundation of this world. God, we don't want replacements. We don't want things that we have designed, uh, but we are decreeing today that we want your will. We want your way. Uh, we want what you have for us, oh God. Uh, we pray now uh, that every insufficiency in us uh, that you heal, oh God. You make up the difference, oh God. Uh, you, oh God, uh, begin to be that thing, oh God, uh, that man cannot be to us, oh God. Lord, and even 
oh God. Even as you make us over, oh God, we open ourselves up for your will and your way. In Jesus' name.